This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Hello, everyone. We're so excited to be here with you today, live from Abilene Christian University. Go See, that was better. Very I know nice. It was. <laughs> this is Sarah. This is Beth. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics, the home of grace-filled political conversations. sort of live from Abilene Christian University. What you're actually hearing is us live from our hotel room because unfortunately something happened with our files and we're not able to give you that entire conversation. So we're going to do our best to recreate it for you here today, talking about the elections that just took place and giving you a little impeachment update. First, we should say about the elections, internet, we're sorry. Because we were not able to live tweet and Instagram live and all the things we usually do when something exciting is happening in the world. Or maybe not, I'm sorry, maybe just be cool, y'all, because sometimes we can't instantaneously inform you of our opinions as much as we would like to. We were driving from Dallas to Abilene, and I just want to give you the full picture of what was happening on that drive. (laughs) 
I pick up our rental car in Dallas, and it is a Chevrolet Spark, which I have never driven before. Mm -hmm. A Chevrolet Spark, if you're unfamiliar with it, is a roller skate, Mm -hmm, essentially, mm -hmm. especially when you are on the highway in Texas where everything is bigger except our car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... The two of us are rolling down like a little drop of rain on the highway as the election results are coming in. And I'm driving and Sarah is refreshing Twitter constantly as we're following Joe Sanka, who is a journalist in Kentucky, getting returns in. And we're just constantly like, what is happening? We weren't really in a space to contribute to the conversation. We were just trying to take it in. There is a picture of the Chevy Spark on Instagram if you really want to see this Um teeny tiny little car it's so cute it's just not great for when you're in a giant state surrounded by suvs that's right and also wondering why did it take a full tank of gas to do this drive it's because the gas tank is also very very small so we're cruising down the road in our chevrolet spark as we start to see the results come in and we were both Really unsure about what was going to happen, I think, is fair to say. I mean, I was cautiously optimistic. I really think there are not a lot of circumstances for which Twitter is built. This is one of them. Because watching returns come in across the state and just the overall vote vote total doesn't give you near the information you need to see what's happening. And so because we were following Joe Sanka and a couple other local Kentucky um, reporters, and Dave Wasserman from the Cook Political Report, who I think called the election first. It was really good, detailed information. So there was a lot of, Andy Bashir needs to run up totals in Lexington and Louisville to win. And then it was, oh, wow, these precincts are running, are coming in, and he is, in fact, running up some totals. I mean, by the time 30% of Lexington had been reported, you had three times the vote totals of the last Democratic candidate for governor in 2015. So it was, I mean, pretty pretty soon into the process of following that level of reporting, I felt confident. I was not panicking because I watched, I, we weren't watching the state total. We were watching these precincts roll in that were really promising. I almost drove off the road when Sarah was telling me about the numbers coming out of northern Kentucky where I live. Northern Kentucky is a very red tip of the state, typically. And as she was telling me how close the totals were in Boone County, it's like a 30-point swing from our normal Republican-Democrat breakdown. So knowing that Bashir kept the margin so small in Boone County where I live that he actually won Campbell and Kenton counties... I was shocked by that. And that really did make me feel optimistic, not only about Bashir's chances, Mm -hmm. but also just about our state and about people being willing to do what we talk about a lot, which is just take off the jersey for a second. Well, and as as much as there are tea leaves to read for 2020, that suburban women problem is real, y'all. It's real because those counties are suburban neighborhoods of Cincinnati and you are seeing like 30 point swings and yes Matt Bevan is a jerk and historically unpopular and yes still the Republican Party in Kentucky swept the remaining constitutional officers on the ballot and also you cannot ignore a 30 point swing especially because Matt Bevan worked so hard to nationalize this Mm -hmm. race. 
he worked very, very hard to make this about President Trump. And I don't know that that served him well. Nope. I don't think he's very popular with those voters, and I'm not Mm-mm. sure about President Trump either. The other thing to take from the rest of the constitutional offices is that some of our constitutional offices are fairly nonpartisan in character. You know, I don't care the party of the treasurer. I care, are you good at math and detail? Are you transparent about things? Our Republican state treasurer, Allison Ball, had the healthiest margin of Mm -hmm. the entire night because she's done a really good job Mm -hmm. in that office. Yeah, I might go on trial with my local Democratic Party again, but I voted for Allison Ball. And my husband was like, what are you doing? And I was like, listen, my identity as like a hardworking mother of young children is maybe my strongest identification label. And Allison Ball is like our first constitutional officer, I think, to give birth while in office. She has done a really good job. She, The way she runs things, the way she talks is great. Yes, yeah, she's a Republican. That's okay. That's still legal. And so, yeah, I was really, I was excited to see her win. I was very sad to see Heather French Henry lose. We've talked about this on the podcast before. This is the former Miss America brought the title home to Kentucky for the first time. Do I think this is her most important qualification? No. Do I think she still should have won? Yes. I'm really sad she didn't win. She ran for Secretary of State. And it was surprising to me with her name identification that she didn't win that office. The other big election story out of Kentucky that people are talking about is our attorney general's race. Daniel Cameron is the first black attorney general that Kentucky has elected. Daniel Cameron was general counsel to Mitch McConnell for some time in his speech after the election. He talked about Mitch McConnell as being so formative to his career. That race is a really interesting one because if it is possible to have negative name ID, Mm -hmm. his opponent had it. Greg Stumbo is somebody who's been in Kentucky politics forever. Long-term speaker of the House. Has been attorney general before. Mm -hmm. Everybody has an opinion about Greg Mm -hmm. Stumbo. And they are often not positive. And they are often not positive. And this race was run in McConnell fashion. There was a ton of money spent on very, very negative advertising Mm -hmm. against Greg Stumbo. I do not know how that race would have turned out if a different candidate had been up against Daniel Cameron. I know almost nothing about Daniel Cameron because all of the advertising in that race coming to my house was negative only. I got a piece of mail nearly every day about this race. Most of that mail didn't even have Daniel Cameron's name or face on it. It was just about how awful Greg Stumbo is. So I don't know that you can take a lot from that race. I'm excited that we have some diversity in our constitutional officers. Uh, and that's all I know to tell you. So we have Andy Bashir winning the election by 5,000 votes. Currently we have Matt Bevan um, formally requesting a re-canvas, which means they just resubmit all the vote totals again. I am incredibly hopeful that after that is over, considering that Matt Bevan lost or won his last primary vote race by 83 votes, and his opponent did a re-canvas, and Matt Bevan still won by 83 votes, that with a 5,000 vote difference, um, he will concede. We shall have to. We will have to see. We have had an interesting message coming out from the Libertarian Party in Kentucky, who ran a candidate in this gubernatorial election. The Libertarian Party posted on Facebook, and it is very much your time to go. Work, mm-hmm. very we'll much, put a link. Very much worth your time to go read mm-hmm, it in mm-hmm. full. But they said, "Listen, ideally, we would be running our candidates to win." 
But when we can't do that, we will run our candidates to get a result that's most favorable to us. And Matt Bevan has turned his back on us on every single one of our issues, essentially. He chose a running mate who has a record against criminal justice reform and some of the things that we really care about. He hasn't supported us on ranked choice voting or anything else. And so we were happy this time to be a spoiler for him. We have no problem whatsoever showing up to disrupt these races and future candidates take heed. I love it. Work with us. Or expect us to screw with you. <laughs> That's pretty much what it said. Um, yeah, and I just think it was very pragmatic and an interesting political play that you don't see a lot in 2019. Which is, I will accept, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of, I don't know, it's not, purity is not the right word I want. But it's, you know... When you act like the other side is the end of the world, your options are limited. And what you see from the libertarians is, oh, no, it's not the end of the world. We're patient. We'll make this very strategic play because it's worth it to get what we want maybe next cycle. Which is interesting. You don't see that a lot these days, man. They're playing the long game. They are. They are. And it is what I... What I really appreciated about this statement, even though it was more hostile than I generally roll. Yeah, they they, they want to drink the, they, they what do they say, they dr- we drink the tears. Something of, about the tears of the, the Bevan supporters, supporters are delicious or something. <laughs> um, so, you know, not my tone, but I really appreciate the honesty mm-hmm. of what this system encourages and incentivizes and what you can really do within the limitations of the current system. Right. The other thing that we should talk about with this, though, the reporting has been so frustrating because Andy Bashir won this race, as Sarah said, by 5,000 votes. I cannot imagine a situation where in a state the size of Kentucky, yeah. you're going to just suddenly, it's like we dropped a whole county if there or are 5,000 votes Or off. two. You would yes. take a lot of like, if you're not talking about the big couple counties, it would take, first of all, we have too many counties in Kentucky. Let's just... Side note, important context. You would need like three or five counties to to make up that 5,000. But I'm worried that the day after this election, long hours and hours and hours after these votes had been counted and the returns were in, that the reporting became Bevin refuses to concede. Bashir claims victory. Mm-hmm. Instead of Bashir won this race, Bevan refuses to concede. I'm worried that we are continuing to be a world where someone questioning a fact renders it no longer a fact. Yeah. And we treat both of those positions as though they're valid when they're not. You know, Bevan refusing to concede there's a time when that would have been unthinkable. And it just makes me mad. All this too close to call. It's not too close to call. 5,000 votes is a lot. It's not too close to call. It wasn't a late night. 5,000 votes, the way he was rolling in those totals in Lexington and Louisville, he won. It also would be really different had the rest of the ticket not come in Republican. Yes. Had he been able to identify a single specific irregularity that he saw in the results other than I don't like them. That's not an irregularity. You just don't like them. I mean, there are so many pieces to this where what he's talking about just isn't credible. And yet it's being reported as though it's credible and it's Mm -hmm. valid. And we should all just kind of hang out and see what happens. Yeah. I don't want to hang out and see what happens. All I want to see what happens is Andy Bashir move forward with the transition, which he seems to be doing. And that 
happens very quickly in Kentucky. We don't wait around until uh-uh. late January. We do this in December. And so we're going to have a change in our state pretty quickly. I, I'm surprised by my reaction to this. I just felt relieved. Mm-hmm. I'm just relieved that we're going to have a different tone. And it's again, it's not that I think Andy Bashir is going to be the, the greatest governor our state's ever had, although I, I wish him well and hope he is quite successful. I'm just relieved to not have this nastiness coming yep. out of our governor's office. Yeah, I mean, I had a, I had my a friend of mine who said, like, a family member scolded her for voting for Andy Bashir against, quote, unquote, their party. And she was like, he's nasty. And I know I refuse to participate in this. And I am really delightfully encouraged that so many people felt the same way. And I'm hopeful because one of my biggest complaints about voting in Kentucky is straight ticket voting, that we have a box that just says, which party do you want to vote for? And you don't have to fill out the rest of this ballot. And that people did not choose that in enough numbers to actually elect a mix of, you know, a Democratic governor and other and Republicans for the rest of the offices, that makes me feel really hopeful, too. That makes me feel like we can move forward. Now, we're a long way from, and so Mitch McConnell loses in 2020. Yeah. I don't want anybody to get complacent about that. There Please is keep a sending money to Amy McGrath. <laughs> yes. And, and not only sending money to Amy McGrath, which you should definitely do, I agree, but also working on your friends and family. Sarah and I had a really good conversation that I wish we could have recorded in our little Chevy Spark. But as you might imagine, it's loud inside that car. Um, <laughs> about how we've just been having personal conversations about, you know, I know that you don't want to vote for this Democrat. Here's why you need to do that anyway. Here's why I think this is really important. Here's why it matters to me. And Sarah was saying, we aren't the only people doing this. And that's part of what happens with this result. So those conversations taking place with your people about Mitch McConnell or whatever the equivalent race is, wherever you're listening, matter a ton. Yeah. And they weren't comfortable conversations. It was some. It was the hard sell on a couple of family members. And I'm not sorry about it. And my family member was like, I felt pressure. And I'm like, good. That was the point. The point is we're supposed to work on each other. It's not always going to be a comfortable process. Um, it can still be grace-filled and uncomfortable, just FYI. That's right. So let's talk about other states. So Virginia took control of both houses of their legislature for the first time in 26 years. Virginia Democrats, I should say. So Virginia is officially blue, y'all. And I think it's probably going to stay that way for the foreseeable future. It's a very big deal, I think, that Kathy Tran won re-election mm-hmm. because Kathy Tran, unfortunately, I think, became the face of the entire um, outcry over possible late-term abortion legislation in Virginia. Kathy Tran, mother of four, right, might I add. who, you know, was shown with her baby on the floor. Um, but she she won. Danica Rome won re-election. So we have the first transgender delegate re-elected, which is exciting. We also have Shelly Simmons who defeated Delegate Dave Yancey. And, okay, why those names sound vaguely familiar? Because in the last election cycle, Shelley Simmons won by a single vote, and I think they finally decided it was a tie. And then they drew names out of a bowl, and they drew David Yancey's name. I mean, I just cannot imagine an election, working so hard in an election, and that be the conclusion. So I'm so excited for her that she just one-handedly, and there was no bowl drawing this time. Yes, and I know you are also excited about Julie Briskman. Well, Julie Briskman, who was fired for her job for posting a picture of herself uh, flipping Trump off in the motorcade, <laughs> he uh, was 
elected to the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors. And she's really interesting. She talks about, like, she knocked on all these doors, which, of course, I identify with. And she really, I mean, she didn't spend a lot of time talking about that. She talked about environmental law. She talked about raises for firefighters and teachers. And so um, it's a fun story. But there is always, with local politics, there's way more to, more to it than she flipped them off and now she won her election. She worked really hard to win that election and good for her. Mississippi elected Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves to the governorship. For the first time since Reconstruction, Republicans were on track Tuesday to control all statewide elected offices in Mississippi and are expected to maintain supermajority control of the legislature. Now, we talked a lot about Louisiana as we were encouraging everyone to get out and vote. And we're just a little bit ahead of ourselves because yeah. it wasn't time yet. They're going to have an election day. They're just early voting right now. So what's interesting about Louisiana now and kind of the commentary about Bashir's win in Kentucky is that that's pretty good news for the Democratic candidate in Louisiana. Yeah. That people might be more encouraged to put resources into that race. And other red states, like, there's there's hope, right, if a Democrat can win the governorship in Kentucky in 2019, despite all the unique factors about that race, maybe it encourages people to continue to really try to compete. So next up, we are going to give a quick impeachment update. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. 
Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. When we were actually live recording this at Abilene Christian University, as we started talking about impeachment, I asked for a show of hands in the audience who really understands why we're having this impeachment discussion? And in a in a um, just a, a little bit of a humble brag, it was primarily the listeners of our audience who raised their hands. It was, or the listeners of our podcast. It was a room of what maybe two hundred people, and about seven hands were raised, which I think is a really important fact. So we spent some time in that conversation, really zooming out on what's going on with impeachment. Since we believe everybody's been kind of following along here, we'll zip through some of that to talk about transcripts coming out and Gordon Sondland's sudden reemergence of memory from September 2019. Memories are hard. Okay. So, I mean, I think the, the big thing with the transcripts right now and the process the Democratic Party has chosen. So we see private testimony. Well, first we see public opening statements. A lot of them release their opening statements publicly. Can I just pause on that for Mm -hmm. a second and say something interesting that comes up in some of these transcripts is a conversation about how, in fact, did those opening statements become public? Mm, Interesting. Because the rules of these committee hearings are that members of Congress and their staffs are not supposed to talk about anything going on in these hearings. Now, clearly, that has been violated somewhere along the way. Well, I always assumed the people that were testifying were releasing them. So the witnesses can do whatever they want to, but the witnesses haven't been just like, yeah, I gave this to the Washington Post. There has been some, like in Ambassador Yovanovitch's deposition, there was this whole exchange where they asked her if she released it to the Washington Post her lawyer said, you need to direct those questions to us because they involve attorney-client privilege communications. And then the lawyer wouldn't really say what conversations he had had. And then they asked her something like, do you think that it's important that your testimony be public? And she said, I've never really thought about what aspects of this should be public or not. I know there is great interest in these hearings. Hmm. So it's not clear to me how all this has gotten out, but I just think that's an interesting side note about the process. So the but the flow is, of information generally has been we get to read their statements. We know they testify for hours privately. Now we're in the process of releasing the transcripts of the hours of testimony and then now we know next week we're looking at a, a public testimony Beginning with Bill Taylor and is there somebody else? Um, George Kent and Marie Ivanovich. And Marie Ivanovich. So that's what we're looking at next week. And it's you know I think you made the good point that it's clear what they were doing per- privately was 
bringing in all the information, figuring out how best to lay the case out to the American people, and sort of auditioning witnesses so we don't have another Robert Mueller situation. And you think Bill Taylor is the best, did, gave the best audition. Well, I don't know how it's going to sound with his voice and look with his face, obviously, because mm-hmm. I'm just reading the transcripts as they come out. And if you want to hear more about that, The Nightly Nuance is the place for it over on Patreon. But he is exceptionally crisp in his wording. He knows how to handle questions from both majority and minority counsel. He has all the notebooks. He has all the notebooks. All of them. He has a very detailed way of describing this is how I have this is how I recall what happened. I keep my systems this way. Anytime <laughs> I do a phone call, I write it in this spiral notebook. I, I mean, it is exceptionally detailed. It's so credible. He's very fair. He gave a lot of benefit of the doubt to Rudy Giuliani. Like he tried so hard to believe that Giuliani's efforts could be completely aligned with the State Department's efforts and could work out appropriately. And it it really... Spoiler alert, his ultimate conclusion was... It, that that didn't happen. Right. Um, but it lends credibility to his testimony. Yeah. He doesn't come across as someone with an agenda. He comes across as someone who really cares about Ukraine, mm-hmm. who really cares about U.S. policy, and who is kind of heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too strong a word about everything that's unfolded. I feel you feel that from... You hear that from so many people, these, like, career diplomat people who work in the Foreign Service and the State Department. I just feel like the State Department is decimated. I feel like these people are, and this, this, let us be abundantly clear, this began under Tillerson and has continued under Mike Pompeo. What I'm worried about is when we're, when we're listening to these people and we're deciding, is it impeachable what President Trump did with regards to the shadow foreign policy and the quid pro quo and the withholding of military aid, there's this, this foundation of what does the Foreign Service do? What do our what does United States diplomacy mean? And I'm afraid that the American public has not been well educated on that. Like, I'm not sure people really know what the Foreign Service is and how important American diplomacy is. And so if we're questioning, it's like you can't have the impact of how devastated they are if you don't know how it usually works. I also think it's important to stop shooting the messengers mm-hmm. on this because if you look at the Well, oh, that's his whole service, strategy. That's his whole strategy. Shoot all the messengers. If you look at the records of service of these folks, it's so clear that they are not partisans. Mm-hmm. That they have served under multiple administrations with different philosophies that they really try to stay out of the fray in Washington. And, and like, just, I just don't think people think that's a thing in 2019. It makes yeah. me so sad. It, it is so encouraging. I've said this before. It's so encouraging to learn about and listen to the people who work in the Foreign Service. So the other big news, along with the transcripts coming out, is that Gordon Sondland filed a declaration amending his testimony. And he says... I have read now the opening statements from Ambassador Taylor and from Tim Morrison, and my memory is refreshed. refreshed. And and I'm not trying to be dismissive. We I give listen. I'm fully dedicated to Malcolm Gladwell's theory of memory, and that it is hard. I'm I'm a little bit being tongue in cheek, but I, I also want to say this is a thing people misremember. Like I'm okay with that. 
Absolutely. What is hard about it is that this wasn't a year ago. No. It was a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is September of 2019. These mm-hmm. are the events that he's being refreshed on. But we'll, we'll give what some if? grace to Gordon Solomon. That's fine. right. So he's read their testimony. And in his, in his initial testimony, Sondland established that there was a transactional quality to President Zelensky of Ukraine getting to have a meeting in Washington, D.C. with President Trump. Zelensky really wanted an Oval Office meeting to have a picture to show Vladimir Putin and the world, look, America and Ukraine are partners. Do not tread on Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And he really, really wanted that. And Sondland's initial testimony established, we did indeed condition that meeting on President Zelensky himself saying to CNN, I'm going to investigate the 2016 election interference that possibly happened out of Ukraine, and I'm going to start these investigations of Burisma Holdings and Hunter Biden. Okay. What he didn't establish in his initial testimony was that transactional quality between our military aid to Ukraine and those public statements. And he said, after reviewing the opening statements of Taylor and Morrison, he now recalls that, in fact, he did communicate that our military aid was linked to what he calls the proposed anti-corruption statement. I just, I want to be, and and am slightly, you know, encouraged that we now have on the record, oh, there was a quid pro quo. But listen, Mick Mulvaney said that in a press conference. And I just think they're going to shift their strategy and I hope that there's some impact from spending weeks going, no quid pro quo, no quid pro quo, to now being like, quid pro quo is cool, which I think is what they're going to do. They're just going to be like, yeah, it happened. It's not impeachable. So I want to circle back around to the fact that seven hands in a room full of smart people went up in terms of really understanding the situation and say how important it is, I think, that we talk about this in our homes and our families mm-hmm. and with our friends and our even co-workers. at Thanksgiving, even, even at, at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, especially because in this scenario, the facts are really not in dispute. Yeah, what is in dispute are what do we do with those facts? Do we think this is impeachable? By the way is just a stupid word <laughs> because you know what's impeachable? Whatever the House says is yeah. impeachable. There is a super broad, super vague quality. We had a really good Q&A moment about this last night. But if it impeachable is not really a thing, okay? It's impeachable if the House decides that it is. That was true for Bill Clinton. It was true for Andrew Johnson. It's true for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies. So we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online, and we were discussing the fact that I am 43, and she said, I cannot believe how young you look, and I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. 
Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. It is worth saying, is this the type of abuse of power that justifies impeaching a president? Is this the type of abuse of power that justifies removing a president from office? Should we this close to an election use those processes? There's room for debate. Now, my answer to all three of those questions is yes, unequivocally. But there's room for conversation in our families about that. I look forward to hearing about your Thanksgiving conversations. I think it's really, really important to help everybody understand what the facts are so that we use the facts to walk ourselves into conclusions on those questions instead of beginning with conclusions on those questions and being like kind of fuzzy about what the facts are. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's just going to be conversations that as best we can need to detach from Trump. Okay, if Hillary Clinton was in office, or not even Hillary Clinton, somebody just totally, I mean, there's nobody that's totally sort of neutral at this point, but really focusing on what do you think the role of American diplomacy is? Do you think it's important that we're out there keeping the peace in other parts of the world? Do you think we should just let Russia do what it wants in Ukraine and in Europe? What 
do we think that the president should use diplomacy or the absence of diplomacy and military aid and all these very complex foreign policy approaches or institutions or just long-term commitments that we've had in the past and disrupt all that so that he can go after his political opponents. Like I just think what, you know, we really need to think, okay, well, if this is okay for him to do because you like him a lot or you think he's under attack or you think he's anointed as the next saving of American democracy, would it be okay? Just know that then it's okay for everybody. And you might not like the next president who tries to do this. Would it be okay for them? I don't know. I just, I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult to ha- to think through these things, but I think they're really important. Maybe you use like, who's the guy that played the president in Independence Day? Like, let's just, let's do a fictional Bill president. Pullman. Yes. And he rests in peace. Yes. Let's pick a fictional president. Could that person do these things? Mm-hmm. And we would, would we be okay with it? And let's but, pick a different country. And like, let's just try to shake up variables here to see what's important. I think Bill Pullman's still alive, but yes, I take your point. Because I do think those are really important. And I do think as the world becomes, um, I don't know if the world's more complex. Because the world in global um, conflict remains increasingly complex. And the stakes get higher. Um, What role should we have? What role should the president have? Should that be something that's a long-term approach? Or are we going to let it just, you know, go back and forth every four years? I don't, you know, I think that those are things we all have to think about. Our newsletter comes out on Fridays from Pantsy Politics, and in today's newsletter, I have attempted to write as succinctly as possible, here's the here's the deal with this impeachment inquiry. Here's what the facts are. And so if that would be helpful to you for, I don't know, sharing in social media or just framing up your conversations with friends and family and you don't already subscribe to our newsletter, you can do that on our website pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. We'll be back here with you on Tuesday. In addition to catching up on the news, we are going to talk about the Uyghurs in China, which is something that has been on our minds and hearts for a long time, and we've just not had space on the show to talk about. So we're going to devote a good chunk of time to that topic on Tuesday. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces Pantsuit Politics every week. Thanks for making us sound better, Dylan. Elise Knapp is our managing director, which means we could not make it without her scheduling, organization, feedback, and creativity. Thank you, Elise. We couldn't make Pantsuit Politics without support from our listeners. Go to patreon.com slash pantsuitpolitics to learn how you can receive more nuance and help us make the show. Special thanks to our executive producers who have committed to supporting us in a major life-giving way. Our executive producers are Tracy Putoff, Tim Miller, David McWilliams, Joshua Allen, Linda Rucker, Martha Bernatsky, Melanie Cravey, and Tiffany Hassler. Our theme music is composed and performed by Dante Lima. The music under our ads is composed and performed by Dylan Garvin. Learn more about our lives, live events that we're involved in, and what we're reading each week by signing up for our weekly newsletter at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And connect with members of the Pantsuit Politics community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.